Welcome back to just another fantasy football podcast. It's one of our favorite weeks of the year. It's NFL Draft Week. It's rookie draft time in Dynasty Leagues. And we are going to break down the rookies and what we like about them pre-draft. We're going to do a full two-round mock draft of the rookies before we know landing spots. So you can tell who we like just as a player in a vacuum, who we think the best guys are, and then... Where they land may push them up or down a little bit, but you'll be able to see that because we're also going to give some instant reactions as the draft is going on. But to start today's episode, Aaron, why don't you give us the news because we have another draft trade. Uh, The Chiefs ended up getting out of the first round. They gave up their first round pick uh, to the Ravens in addition to a third round pick, a fourth round pick this year, and a fifth round pick next year. to the Ravens and the uh, Chiefs in return got Orlando Brown a second round pick this year and a sixth round pick next year so in summary they dropped about a round this year and they added a third and a fourth for Brown was the trade Um, it was interesting an interesting theme coming off the Super Bowl was was Patrick Mahomes and playing between uh, behind sorry um, a horrible line and having to run all the time and then going into the offseason, they, they cut um, Eric Fisher and uh, Mitchell Schwartz, um, leaving them like, hey, how are they going to rebuild this line? Um, and then now we see through the offseason, I think they've vastly improved their offensive line, uh, signing Kyle Long, Joe Thune, um, and then now trading for the tackle Brown. Um, one question I did want to ask you, I wanted to get your opinion on, was um, what do you think about these trades that happen leading up to the draft Um, because obviously the Chiefs are they're sitting at 31 they don't know who's going to be available there so I think when you're trading when an NFL team's trading their first round pick they just kind of have an idea of like they're not going to love anyone in that range Um, and how would you how would you compare that to someone uh, making like a draft night trade where they see a guy slipping and they're like oh we got to get him and you know they give up they give up all they give up whatever their assets are because they know definitively who's on the board like at that moment versus um you know we're a week out and they're trading away their pick because they just they don't think anyone they love is going to be there so a couple things first i think that teams know a lot more than we would expect about who's going to be there for their pick i think yeah, sometimes true. somebody falls unexpectedly uh, but for the most part i do think they know kind of who's going to be there And it's always, whether it's pre-draft or during the draft, it's always about targeting a specific player, which is why most of the pre-draft trades are for players like Matt Stafford, Orlando Brown, um, in the past, you know, Jamal Adams or whatever. Like they're trading these picks before the draft to get a specific player. The 49ers trade was more unusual, except for the fact that when you're trading up into the top three, you pretty much are targeting a specific player. Um, On draft night, during the draft, when these trades are made, they are targeting a specific player. Usually the trade or the pick on the clock is the one that gets traded. It's very unusual for a pick seven picks from now to get traded during the draft. So it's always about targeting a player. This specific trade is interesting to me. I don't necessarily think Orlando Brown is some superstar tackle. Um, I think they're going to have to pay him like he is one. I've heard that he may be the highest paid tackle in the league um, when the Chiefs re-sign him. He was a pedigree guy his dad was an nfl guy 
Um, he was like, you know, from Oklahoma, supposed to be a top 10 pick. And then he was just a soft, fat bodied, lazy, you know, man <laughs> yeah. boob type of prospect that nobody wanted to touch, especially at the combine. Like when you put him in tights, it's like, ugh, that's what all, everybody was saying about him. So he kind of plummeted from a top 10 pick to, I think he went like late, th- mid to late third round. And now the Ravens have turned, they've used him for a couple of years, which is great. And they've turned him into you know, some major pick upgrades, because that's a pretty big pick upgrade, you know, from the second to the first, plus a third and a fourth, which are places you can get starters. Um, I think this draft's a pretty good draft. Like, I think you're going to be able to get some starters in the third and fourth round for them, especially if they're going to target wide receivers there. I don't know if they will. But, you know, so I think it was a a great value play by them. Um, And the Chiefs are going to hopefully have him cheap for a year before they really have to pay him that big money. But I, I think this was a better move for the Ravens than it was for the Chiefs personally. Yeah, I would agree with you there. And you made a good point. Um, like for the Niners, when they're trading up, if you're trading up into the top five or the top ten, um, you're targeting a certain guy, and you're you're trading into like, all right, there's three guys I love. I'm going to get one of them. It's easier to do that on the front end versus the back end, where you're just kind of there's 30 picks ahead of you. You don't know. You don't know if any of these tackles in the draft that you like are going to be there. Probably not that late. But um, well, I think that like, and it's not even the top ten. Like, if you think back to all the trades, you think yeah. back to, like, the RG3 trade. It was number two. You think back to Wentz, number two. Goff, number one. You know, this trade, number three, when we feel like we know who one and two is. It's not usually that they even trade up into, like, the eight slot. Or, like, what Miami did was kind of weird, moving back up from 12 to six. You know, everybody thinks they want Pitts or Chase, but that's just – that's more strange to me because you really don't know who's going to be there at six as much as, you don't, as much as, like, three. Like, you know exactly who's going to be there at three. Um, but, I, but I heard that that was all set up before the first trade was even done. That's what I was going to ask you on that other podcast because that trade came pretty quickly after the first one. So I was going to ask you if you thought they negotiated the, the, the second one based on the first one or already had that one ready to go. Everything I read said, yeah, it was already done before they made the I mean, first trade. I, obviously, it was like the same yeah. day within like 30 minutes. But Yeah. Um, um, okay, so we'll do some draft talk at the end. We'll talk a little bit about um, you know, what we're hearing and what we're reading about where we think people are going to go in the first round, who might be targeting them, things like that. But before we get into that, let's do our two-round rookie mock draft, this year's rookies without knowing landing spot, uh, super flex league, non-tight end premium, and we're just building our teams based on the most value you can have in a league. We talked about this before the show a little bit. I just feel like you always take the best value and maybe more quarterbacks than necessary. You're thinking, you know, I'm trying to fill holes on my team and get the best value. But if I have three quarterbacks, I may not take two of them in the first round. If I have two first round picks, even if one falls to me, I'm more of the mindset where I probably would take two quarterbacks if they're quarterbacks I like. Um, So I kind of set it up regardless of position where I have the value um, you went first last time, right? So I think I get to go first yep. this time. You're up. So I I'll take your life. the golden boy, Trevor Lawrence, 101, lock it in. All right. Um, so you know who I'm going to take number two. Um, some news came out this week about him, but um, I'm not letting that scare scare any, uh, scare any me off of him. I'm going to go uh, Justin Fields at the, at, at the second pick. So I've been reading more than ever this week. And two, <laughs> things, two things happened this week more than any other week of the year. There are more smoke screens than ever this week, but there's also more truth than any other week that comes out this week. And everyone I've been reading has been saying 
Justin Fields is going number, do you want to guess? It's not going to be what I want it to be, but <laughs> three. What do you guess? Three. Everybody's I, saying I he's they... going Everybody's saying he's going three overall to the Niners. Like Vegas is starting to move their lines. Like all stuff is starting to happen where everybody thinks it was a smokescreen, the Mac Jones thing all along, and that Kyle Shanahan's not going to pass well, up yeah. on a stud talent like Field. Well, no, I'm saying like like Schefter and Rappaport are backing off their guarantees of Mac Jones, and usually they don't do that. So usually they don't get smokescreen. So it would be interesting. I don't know. I'm still 50-50 whether I think it's actually. I would say they they get smokescreen the most. Like no one trusts anything. No one get. They hold the most weight. A smokescreen's not a smokescreen unless they post it or they tweet no, it. No, 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 no. They do not. They don't usually go out on a limb well, on smokescreens. They may say, I've been hearing a little bit. They were way too strong on this to get smokescreen in right. my well, opinion. Shanahan, but, Shanahan's the godfather of smokescreens. He just smokescreened right. both of them. He's also the godfather of thinking he's going to make every quarterback no. good, and he doesn't yeah, make I every know. quarterback I'm not, good. I'm just saying that from the beginning, I was like, there's no way, there's no way, there's no way. All right. All right, man, I'm just going to have this great-looking team of, of beautiful quarterbacks. Give me uh, Mr. Wilson. All right, um, so I'm up at four. I'm going to have uh, Jamar Chase, your boy. That's where I thought you were going to go, but um, I'll take Jamar Chase, the wide receiver one, put him on my team. All right, give me uh, Trey Lance. I'll take three stud quarterbacks to start off oh this draft. Oh, my gosh. Dude, give me it. That's all me. That's how I draft, dude. All right. Well, I didn't have him that high, so that's fine with me. Um, it should be good for you. I'm going to stick tried and true to my to my RB1 overall pre-draft. I'm going to take uh, Travis Etienne. Really? I think I yep. might have him three now. I have him bouncing between two and three. All right. I will take Najee Harris. You think it's locked he's going to like one of these landing spots that's been rumored? Like Pittsburgh, Miami. Like those are the only two that have ever been. I was saving that, but I guess I can I can go through some of this as we go. So for Harris, the only two teams I've seen him linked to would be Pittsburgh and the Jets. I haven't seen a lot of. I've seen a different guy linked to Miami a ton. I mean, both would be fine with me if he just gets a backfield that's not like. I don't want him to go to. I don't know. <laughs> Just some some of these like the Raiders or something stupid like that. As long as he doesn't go to some team like that, like you know Tennessee to mess with Derrick Henry. I, I just want him to go to a somewhat open backfield. Yeah, like Miami would be fine with me. Any of those types would be fine. But I just I have a bad feeling that some of these running backs are going to end. Like I do not want whoever goes to the Bills. Like three years in a row, yeah. them taking running backs. It's like who the heck knows? Are they going to trust one of the veterans more than whoever they draft? I don't want the guy that goes there, but. All right, Najee for me, that's running back one. I got quarterbacks one, two, and three on my board and running back one. It's a pretty good start. One, two, and three. So you have fields? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Behind Lance. Yeah, dude. I'm not, I'm not trying to mess with epilepsy. I was reading. I've been, I've been, reading, I've been doing a lot of reading <laughs> on epilepsy. Uh, getting your week. MD. I've been doing, yeah, getting my, uh, I'm a specialist in, in epilepsy. Jo- Justin um, Fields no matter what. That's Aaron's slogan this year, Justin Fields no matter what. Yep, up to this point. But I feel like we do this every year. I feel like every year leading into Dynasty Rookies, uh, doing the doing the research, doing the rankings, it's, all, it's an exciting time to play Dynasty, and it's what you look forward to. And then I feel like every year the NFL draft, like, mostly, like, crushes your hopes and dreams of, like, where, like, oh, yeah, like, we're sitting here th- talking about the Jets, Miami, and Pittsburgh taking a running back. And then you know, like, some teams just got, that doesn't even – like that's not good it's not a good landing spot it doesn't even need a running back you know they're going to take one of these three guys and it's just going to absolutely like tank their value 
like Seattle. And, and same thing, yeah, and same thing with the receivers. It's like every single year, it's like we think there's these teams that are like definitively out of the running for these players or to select these players, and it's like one or two of these guys just get picked off, and it's just like, okay, well, you're done, like dead in my book, you know. But then the other thing also happens where it's like a guy that you think's good, like T. Higgins, goes somewhere where it doesn't seem like he's going to have to have an instant impact, yeah. but then he does. Or like even DK Metcalf, it's like that didn't feel like the best landing spot for him late second round, but then boom, now he's a top ten dynasty wide receiver. So that stuff, even C.D. Lamb, like I mean, you just got to trust your gut. Yeah, for the top guys, I wouldn't waver at all. We've seen we've seen too many times where you have like C.D. Lamb. Oh yeah, how's he going to get targets? Okay, like he's a stud wide receiver now. A.J. Brown, I got him in the second round because so many people were scared off of the Titans, and it's like now he's top five like startup wide receiver, including you when you traded him away. Yeah, and but it's like every year there's these ambiguous situations where you have when you have your like alpha tier, like your top, I would say like top twelve, like this year. Like, those guys in the top 12, um, I would say, like, landing spot doesn't matter. Some are going to be sexier than others, but but even the ones that, like, you know, A.J. Brown to the Titans, you can't let that scare scare you off of him um, to the point where he's dropping to the mid-second. That's why it's important to do stuff like this, where you do a draft before you know landing spots, so you can figure out which guys you like the best, and hopefully yeah. we can look back on this in our rookie drafts and pick the guys we like the best, even if the landing spots aren't perfect. I mean, if you go to a dream scenario, fine. But if you're if it's too close landing spots, we should always err with the guy that we thought was better all along. Who's your next pick after Harris? We're at pick seven. I think this is pick eight. Um, teetering between two guys here. Um. I'm gonna go, Kyle Pitts. I know wow. I've, I've been burned myself taking tight ends in the first round, but I'm um, shocked at that. Feel like he's different. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I'm, he scares me. In a non-tight end premium, I've got him a little lower than this. All right, I'm gonna take Javante Williams, get my running back one and my running back two. That worked That's, out perfectly. I was gonna take him and kind of just kind of screw you there, but then I figured he might have taken Pitts and screwed me there. Nope. But. I didn't have Pitts anywhere near where where we're at. Well, I hindsight like, should have taken Williams, but um, and I know you're going to give me my next guy. Yep, I'll take Jalen Waddle, and I'll take the Heisman Trophy winning best wide receiver in college football history, Devonta Smith. <laughs> Make sure you get all the plugs in there. Um, I mean, I'm just getting. I got so then, now. I've got now. I've got the number two wide receiver, number one, and number two running back. Number one, two, three quarterback. I mean, it's over. Yeah, you got the number one tight end. Congrats. I'll take Mac Jones. Add him to the arsenal. Good. Yeah, get get that quarterback. That's all you. Yeah. So Mark, Mac you. Jones at twelve. So that rounds out the first round. Like I said, like those twelve guys. I'm not a fan of Mac Jones, but I mean, if he goes in the top ten, he's a quarterback. That's he's def. I feel like that twelve is like the tier one of like you have to go to like a you have to go to like a pretty bad landing spot to like fall behind maybe some of these guys that are coming up here. I could see Mac Jones dropping a little bit. I mean, he Daniel Jones yeah. dropped, and I think he's going to be similar. So we went Lawrence, Fields, Wilson, Chase, Lance, Etienne, Harris. Pitts, Williams, Waddle, Smith, Jones, right? That was the top 12. Yeah. All right, so I get first round or first pick of the second round, which is easy for me. He's a tier by himself here, and that's Rashad Bateman. And that's the last of the guys that I really love. 
These next guys, I, the next 11 guys we're going to draft, I, I could go either way on them. The, the landing spot will make a huge difference on these guys. But those 13 guys, like you said, I might even take Bateman ahead of Mac Jones. But those 13 guys I'm going to want and target pretty much no matter where they land. And I'm hoping that I'm going to hold myself to that in the rookie drafts, even if you know one of them goes to Baltimore. Like I still want to, I still want to, to take them. This this class has been talked about as being like deep and like loaded and and some guys I mean it's easy to this is just my opinion obviously before the draft before they've even played a snap in the NFL um, but a lot of these guys after this tier um, it, I guess as the process has gone longer people have kind of soured on where it's kind of just like eh maybe it's not as loaded as it, as it is so it's it's having a lot of people like in the industry like kind of second guess um, how deep or how good this class might be. Maybe in this class it's easier to stick to you know these 12, 13 guys like no matter what or try to um, even though you know one of them might go to one of these bad landing spots where it seems like like an instant turnoff. Um, so after Bateman, uh, second pick of the second round, I'm gonna go with Rondale Moore. Um, really? Like I said, this tier, this tier coming up, man. It's not. It's. Uh, I'm gonna shoot the moon here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hope that Rondale can can stay healthy and and be the little jitterbug he was uh, in college when he was healthy. Rondale Moore. So these are two guys I keep going back and forth on, but I'll go ahead and take Elijah Moore, the better Moore, as Daniel Jeremiah pointed out on Twitter. He didn't even feel the need to put a first initial in front of the Moore because there's only one Moore that matters. That was hilarious. I'm gonna go. Uh, Kenny Gainwell, RB two, RB two on my team. RB two on your oh on your team, not on your list. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna um, say that's a, some big no. praise. I think he can be. I think he can be electric if if he gets if he goes to like a a team that that's gonna it's got a, like a future minded coach that can play. He's not gonna be great if he goes to like a John Gruden or something. Not that I want him to go to uh, Las Vegas, but. If he goes to a coat like a traditional thinking pound the rock, um, he's not going to do too well. He needs someone creative that can line him up and receive or get him targets out of the backfield and and use him to spell maybe like a number one. If he goes to a, a landing spot that already has like a a top tier running back, so you think he needs? I, see, I kind of like him in Atlanta. I think he'd be good in Atlanta. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah, with Mike Davis, that'd be sweet. Yeah. So this guy I think is going to go a lot higher than he did in our draft, but I'm going to take him now because I have all these running backs kind of the same, um, and I'd rather take a shot on Terrace Marshall here. I think he's going to go in the first round. After all the the crap you gave me on our wide receiver episode. Yeah, I bumped him a little. I bumped him up a little. He's, everybody still thinks he's going in the first round. I, I started to think with all with, – he had some weird medical stuff too, but yeah, I don't love him, but I think value-wise I'll take him because in a real draft I would take him because I think I could trade him, and he would definitely be a guy I would trade. Like these are the exact guys I always end up with, like even Claypool. I don't believe in him. I don't think he's as good as he looked, and so I traded him in most places. And it's going to be the same thing I do with Terrace Marshall. At this point, when we're in the middle of the second round, I take guys that I think have value and that I can trade because I don't want to love everybody on my team that I'm never going to make a trade. So i got to take some right. guys I think other people will love. And if I have more draft picks than other people, you think, well, oh, if they loved them, they would have taken them. But there are tons of guys in every league that don't even have a second-round pick or don't have a late first-round pick. All they have is pick 102, and they're not going to take Terrace Marshall there even though they may love him. So I'm just going to take him and hope to trade him later. Do you think – off the top of my head, I can't really remember how many receivers went last year in the first. But 
I remember it being a lot. So Judy, Lamb, Ruggs, Rager, Jefferson. Jefferson. I think that's it. Yeah, T. Higgins. Yeah, Ayuk. T. Higgins didn't go in the first round. Yeah, Ayuk too. So that's six. Six. So you think... And zero tight ends. If you're telling me Marshall's going in the first round, that's Waddle, Smith, Chase, Marshall, I would assume Bateman and Moore would be... Mm. See, I think Bateman it's four. Both. You think Marshall? Uh, so Marshall's going in the first round over Bateman yeah. and Rondell Moore? Everything Why? I'm reading is is that he's the four. Dude, Rondell Moore has no shot to go in the first round. Elijah Moore has a shot at the end. But, yeah, Marshall, because of his size, the same reason you said you ranked him high. I guess the NFL is just as dumb. You have guys like – so you have guys like Marshall and Tony getting first-round discussion, but you can't – but my, I don't my boy think Tony's Rondell going Moore. in the first round. Well, no, I don't, I don't think so either. I mean, I have, we haven't even drafted him yet. Yeah, but he's fallen off kind of. But I think – yeah, I think the, the likelihood of first-round picks, if I was going to bet in Vegas, locked Waddle, Smith, and Chase. And then I think Marshall would be fourth. I think Bateman would be fifth. Elijah Moore, sixth. Tony, seventh. And then, I mean, Mel Kuyper had like Diami Brown there, even higher than oh. Rondale Moore in some drafts. Yeah. I mean, but that I guy think, puts out so many mock drafts. I feel like he does that just so. No, he, he always yeah, puts like legit. a. He always flips a guy in and out. And it's like. I will take what? no disparagement of Mel Kuyper Jr. on this podcast. <laughs> it's not disparagement. I'm just saying. There's always like a polarizing guy. He like slips into the end of the first round and it's like, what's that guy doing there? And then the next one, he's not even anywhere in the first round and it's like okay well what nothing changed since then so i i don't understand so what, what would you put the line at you think like four or five four and, five a, half. and a half four and a half four and a half i think yeah, yeah. which i would I don't take think the over. i don't think it's gonna be i don't think it's gonna be as many as as last year's whatever that number i think was. the line is oh. actually five and a half but i'm not sure i'd put it at four and a half but yeah i think five is the is the over under basically all right who you got next after marshall I mean, that's a pretty good 205. If I'm not going to lie. That's a pretty good 205 pick in a draft. There's been worse. Like the year, uh, what was it, with, with Sanders and Montgomery and all that like that? I, I yeah. imagine that second round was pretty bad. So, I mean, yeah. it could get worse. Um, I'm going to take Trey Sermon here. Um, okay. There's a couple, couple wide receivers I have in the same realm, but um, taking the shot at running back. Um, he's one of those running backs that don't quite. I don't. I don't think he's serviceable in like a three-down role. Um, but I think that he's more more of a like pound the rock guy. And I think there's a lot more coaches like that in the NFL than there are the like we need like a smart coach to scheme this guy touches. So I think like he can be like a plug and play uh, with more landing spots. All right, I'll take Tony now. Give me the value. Tony. Yeah, just give me the value. Yeah, I mean, that's about where I had him ranked. I mean... Okay. You've had him ranked higher? I mean, no, I have him ranked lower. No, I've got a couple okay. guys yeah, I have I mean, ranked ahead I, of him. I, he would have been my next pick, but I mean, so... Oh, he would have been your next pick, Tony? Okay. Uh, yeah, well, if he was still I'll on get the some board, value. I would have taken him here. Um, All right, so I'm going to get some value. All right, so I'm going to take here... I'll probably take Tylen Wallace. Ugh. Ugh. Like, okay. what do you got? Who else is left? I got. I. I'll take Michael Carter. I like him. I, I didn't have I, him I in Michael the first Carter, two rounds. I would. I would potentially take him over Gainwell and Sermon, depending what? on landing spot. I think he is. I like him a lot, dude. I've. I've. I've heard some podcasts that have him uh, ahead of 
Javante Williams. I mean, he like was on the, as the third. He was on back. the tier. I, when I when I picked my top twenty four, he was he was one of the guys I was trying to talk myself into for the last pick, but he didn't make the cut. Yeah, I think he's. I mean, I think he's. Depending on landing spot, he's a guy that could really rise for me. Like he could he could jump above the Moors and Marshall if he goes to, you know, Arizona or you know if he goes to the Jets or something like that. And I feel like he may get a lot of like if he gets 15 touches a game and he's something like that, that'll be sweet. I don't think anyone, any of these running backs are getting 15 touches a game unless they're going to one of these like completely vacated spots. We always, I think mean, that. yeah, but I mean, then every year just, there's four just or five guys. That out there, I mean, just throwing that out there. Um, so what? Like, curious. What do you? So what's your comp for like a Michael Carter? Like in the NFL? Like who? Who would you say? Um, he plays like. Maybe a. Maybe a better Chase Edmonds. Better. I don't know. I think like can't he's, get much better. Yeah, he's a better. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's uh, that might not be a good comp. I I, I kind of think he's like a. I don't know. I think he can be a running back. Like I think he can he can tote the rock. He can also catch and be a third down back. Like I like him. I like him a lot. I, I think he's. I think he's got a chance to be good if he lands some. And I think he's the perfect like compliment, which could kill him. But like he would be awesome in Tennessee or something, you know, if they actually got somebody that could take some touches. Yeah, I think you just said it best. He's a perfect compliment. I mean, because that's what that's all we saw with him at North Carolina. I mean, he was he was right. He was they were thunder. I mean, not literally, but thunder and lightning. They were just they're both lightning. They were both. What's his name's light? I mean, Javante is lightning too. Lighting people up. Um, All right. right, So I got two picks left. Yeah, I just took Tony. You got one pick left. Uh, I'm gonna take uh, the better St. Brown. And Amon Ross St. Brown. Man, you left me kind of a weird spot. I thought you would take somebody else. So who do I have? I have Tony, Marshall, Bateman, and Smith. And more. Right? So I've got those four wide and receivers. And more. Elijah Moore. Oh, and more. Okay, yeah, I'll take Chuba Hubbard then. Yeah. Just give me another crack at running back. All right, so that was your last pick. No tight end. Yep. Um... I don't need a tight end. I can pick one up off the waiver wire. All right, so I'm not going to take your boy Pat then. Um, for my last pick, um, I've been I've been just a little side note. I've been reading a lot of Pat Fryermuth to the Jags in the second round. I'd love and that. And then I would have taken him. Yeah, for I sure. I would love that. Yeah, I, w- I would have taken him. I might take him over Michael Carter. Ja- if if, if like any of these big three tight ends goes to the Jags, like like move him up the board, especially in the second round. And so hold on, especially in the second yeah, round. Yeah. So I want to segue with my last pick. After my last pick, um, so my last pick here is going to be Khalil Herbert out of Virginia Tech. Just give me another Whoa. running back. So, so you hate Diami Brown? I do hate Diami Brown. I think yes, that is, that is confirmed. Wow, I think he can be Will Fuller. I do not think he can be Will Fuller. <laughs> I think that's he as could, much man. as I'm willing to talk about him. <laughs> okay, all right. I mean, I think he could go late second, early third round in in a rookie draft. You said that like he's that. so, so is he consensus? You think you've been seeing like he's consensus? You know, going in here, or like he's consensus second round pick. He's no. a consensus second round pick in he the can, NFL draft. You could have him all day. No, in the no, NFL I, draft. No, I agree, but like, I mean, I, I hear you. Okay, yeah, and and Tylen Wallace and Saint Brown in them. Some drafts have them like in the fourth round. I think you're going to change. That's why your we team let the draft, draft happen. That's fine. Yeah, I'm probably yeah, going to change yeah. a lot of things, but um, as it stands yeah. right now, we'll see. Me watching Dami Brown, I was not impressed. Okay. Um, so, and, but I also so, so that that wanted yeah I wanted to segue into um, 
another question I had for you, which was like, who are these guys like in the second round? So like past that tier of like these studs that have been studs since like freshmen or like th- there's no way they're dr- they're dropping. So like slightly behind the tier of like Bateman, Moore, Elijah Moore, all those guys. Who do you think? Uh, and maybe your answer is Pat. Um, Firemuth, like you just explained, but like one of those guys you think would be able to get in that range with, like, um, you know, after Bateman, uh, in there with the Moors and the Tonys and the Trey Sermons. Like, who, who do you think that's lower than the guys that we didn't draft that could, um, go into a, an awesome landing spot, could jump into that the middle to the upper tier of that, um, draft? So, like, okay, so, so like mid to early second round, guys that we. Guys that we did not draft. Guys that's we did not saying? draft that that with an awesome landing spot, and, and someone else going to bad landing spots can can be a middle to sec uh, middle to early second round draft pick, shooting for the moon. Well, I mean, to me, it it's not. I mean, yeah, Fryermuth could jump into the second round, but he's not going to jump up into like the two hundred one range. I do think though that if Diami Brown or Dwayne Eskridge, or um, you know, I, Hubbard and Carter, you know, guys that we took late. I think if they go to the perfect situation, like I think if Carter goes to the perfect situation, he's going to be like pick 11. Like I think he's going to skyrocket into the end of the first, which is saying a lot in this draft because the jump up into pick 11 means you're like in the Devonta Smith, Waddle, Mac Jones range, which to me would be a huge skyrocket for a guy like Carter um, or Trey Sermon. I, I was just, where did I read? Somebody said Trey Sermon may go to the Falcons too, which again, that would be a skyrocket type move if he ends up there. If Diami Brown, um, you know, ends up going to the Packers, I think he could skyrocket. If uh, and then the the next tier, like if if Bateman ends up, um, if Bateman ends up with the Packers or the Saints or the Chiefs or something like that, where we think he could be on like a really explosive offense, I think he could push Waddle if Waddle's on the Lions. You know, or Devonta Smith if he goes to the Giants. Like I think a, a just a barely a tier below talent wise that goes to the perfect spot with a stud quarterback. That's gonna make me think with these guys that go to these crappy teams that are always crappy. You know, like the Lions, the Eagles, the Giants. Like those are just such bad teams with bad quarterbacks that I think that you know one of these you know Bateman, Marshall. Even though I don't like Marshall that much, one of the Moors. You know, they go to the right team, and I don't know. I think I could I could think about I mean, I think I have Waddle and Smith just too far ahead because I think they're really, really good. But I would think about it. It would, it would maybe make me do one of your trades where you trade 109 for 111 and 2-1, you know, and just take whoever falls and let somebody else make the decision. That's probably what would end up happening to me if they fall in those perfect landing spots. But who do you think? Who do you think could skyrocket? Um, well, I was going to... I was going to mention Khalil Herbert, um, but I ended up drafting him. Um, That's okay. Tell me why you like him. Tell me why you like him, where you want him to go. Yeah, so um, I actually didn't. I did like a mock draft, and he got taken, and it was just a name I didn't have on my list that for, for whatever reason. Um, and then I, I don't think he's that I good. Watched some t- I mean, he's he's better than some of the, I mean, these other guys. Like, I liked him overall, like, better than, like, Kylan Hill. Um, he, him and Michael Carter sure. were the guys I was like going back and forth on. Um, yeah, I think Carter's much better. I think these are just the same nobody guys that get drafted every year where we're just like, uh, like maybe one of them's Kareem Hunt. We want, all, we want everybody to be Kareem Hunt, but it's like, yeah. I, I think a lot of these guys are just, they don't matter. Like they're Daryl Henderson. It's like, somebody's going to get excited about them. Somebody may overdraft them, but really everybody should have known like 
I mean, Daryl Henderson's fine, but he's not a guy that you're going to build your team around. Not like Cam Akers. Yeah, so I guess going into this, my guy was Kadarius Toney. Um, I, I'm just generally out on him right now. Um, I'm, I'm really low. I have him ranked uh, in our in my rankings going into this. I had him at 20 overall, so back of the second round. Um, but I mean, if he's going in, if he's going in the first round, like everyone says, he might. And he, and you know, maybe if if it's if it's you might go in the first round, you're getting into the back of the first round. You know, if a if a team wants you, they can. It's cheaper to trade up. If if one of those late teams like the Saints or the Packers, like you mentioned, end up taking him, I can, he he can skyrocket um, up my boards. I don't I don't love him necessarily, but um, I can't ignore him going to an awesome landing spot. All right. So while you tally up our team, do you have our teams, or did you not keep track? Uh, I kept track of your team. But you didn't keep track of your team? No. Well, mine would just be every other pick, every other guy I have here. All right. Well, why don't you write them down or figure out so you can read them at the end so we can, or you why don't you just post them? You can post them at yeah, the Yeah, we'll post Twitter, them on Twitter. Right? Yeah. All right. And yeah, give us your votes. Okay, but let's talk a little bit about the NFL draft. And the way we'll do it is I'm like obsessed with the NFL draft. I read everything, listen to everything. I don't talk to anybody that works in the NFL. No inside information. I just read between the lines on everybody that does talk to everybody in the NFL. And nobody really knows this stuff. And some random guy on his couch with Cheeto fingers has the best mock draft every year. It's never Mel Kuyper. It's never Todd McShay because they can't even write what they actually know in these mock drafts because they have to make promises to teams. But you can read between the lines and their explanations. Even when they don't pick a certain guy, they say, well, I've also heard whispers of this. And sometimes that's the better nugget of info than what they actually put in. So let me read you some of these landing spots I'm hearing for some of the big name guys in the first round. Tell me which one you'd like the best. So we'll start with Pitts, who I think is going to be the first name off the board. Um, Non-quarterback, because we already know where the quarterbacks are going. Do we? So it's the Falcons. Well, you know, whereabouts. We know which of three or four teams they're going to go to. I'm just kidding. So, Falcons, Bengals, Dolphins, and I heard they're not. he's not falling below six unless the Cowboys move up to take him because Jerry loves him. So, the Falcons, the Bengals, the Dolphins, or the Cowboys, who, where would you like to see him go the most? I want him to go, um, well, Falcon, uh, of those teams, I would like to, him to go to the Dolphins. Um, really? You'd yeah. like him to go with? You like them to go with Gesicki and Will Fuller and Parker and probably they're going to get a running back. I, I would. I think the Bengals is by far the best yeah. landing spot. Bengals, I think he's wide receiver one for them. Literally, I think he's their top target with a stud quarterback. Yeah, I could be talked. I could be talked into the Bengals. It's not. It, it was. It's close, but. Um, I guess my my reasoning for the Dolphins is more selfish, and that I want Tua to Tua to get an awesome pass pass catcher. But I mean, bang, overall, I think Bengals can um, Bengals would uh, it would kill our boy Sample, but yeah, but he's killing himself. All right, next up, Jamar Chase, Bengals, Dolphins, Lions, and no shot he falls past seven. That's the that's the gist. So who do you which one would be your favorite there? Uh, Dolphins. Again, well, uh, so I'll, I'll change my answer to the, for Pitts to the Bengals and then Dolphins for the uh, Chase. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I'd like to have him into a long-term, like, forever being there. Although it would be fun to see him go to Cincinnati with Joe Burrow as well. That would just All be right. weird, I feel like. Next up, Jalen Waddell, which is uh, Vegas odds-on favorite to be the number two wide receiver taken. Lions, 
Giants, Eagles, or I heard he's not falling past the Patriots at 15 if they don't move up for a quarterback. So of those four terrible teams, where would you like to see your boy Jalen Waddle? Lions, Giants, Eagles, Ooh, Patriots. They all suck. Um, probably Giants. I was going to say the Lions. Like, go be wide receiver one. I mean, and hopefully yeah, they I'll get... take – it was between the Lions and him because, like, the Lions are bad. But, I mean, if he's – The a, Giants just already their... have a lot of weapons. And they have Daniel Jones, yeah. who sucks already. Uh, I think yeah, I'd go it Lions It was a down year. He was, he was injured. Give my, give my boy Danny a break. Yeah, whatever. All right. Next guy's supposed to be taken, Devonta Smith. But everybody thinks he's going to fall outside the top 10 or 12. Although, Dave Gettleman apparently has a thing for him. So he could go as early as 11 to the Giants, or the Eagles at 12, or the Dolphins with their second first-round pick at 18. Where would you like to see Devonta Smith go out of those three teams? If Gettleman has a thing for him, he'd probably trade up for him. But I don't think they'll have to. Well, no, yeah, he, they, Gettleman doesn't trade up. He doesn't. Trade he's up, not going to trade up, or he's. He's literally back, never so. traded up. Never. No, never. He's never traded back. I know. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just saying, like that guy doesn't like to. The guy doesn't like to make any. That guy doesn't like to sits. trade. He does. He thinks everyone's ripping him off. He's like that old yeah. grumpy well, guy that just thinks they, everyone's taking advantage of him, and, and they, they probably, probably are. are. But it's yeah. only because it's because of him. It's not because of everyone else. Um, what were the I other think two teams other than the Giants? Dolphins, Dolphins, Dolphins or Eagles? I'd probably pick Dolphins. I. I don't want him on the Dolphins. No. I'd take Eagles. Give him a All little right, compliment next. to Rager. And the fourth wide receiver that's supposed to come off the board is Terrence Marshall. Terrace Marshall. And I've literally, 90% of the mocks have him going to Baltimore. Yeah, I've seen like that Like, that's his slot. I've seen that for, like, Everybody's, months. Yeah. And especially and that, with and the trade, moved. now that they have two, now they have two first-round picks yep. that late. Yeah. Um, they're taking a wide receiver there, so it's kind of just like roulette. Uh, yeah. So okay, next. Who's, who's getting paired uh, with Sammy Watkins? Yeah, yeah. Uh, next, Rashad Bateman. The two teams he's linked with most are the Titans and the Packers. With Titans would be oh Packers. Uh, that would be awesome. I feel I like him. I feel like if he went to the Titans, he can one for one like easily replace Corey Davis for whatever that's worth. Yeah. The Packers is is just the team that like everyone's been wanting a wide receiver to go to forever and then you have Aaron Rodgers coming off the year he just had so it's it's much more sexier yeah, but I, I don't Packers. know if he would get the tar- I don't know if he would get the targets he would get like in Tennessee but but he would probably have a better opportunity opposite Devontae Adams. Yeah, I think I'd rather him go to Green Bay. All yeah. right, the last wide receiver that I see a lot in the first round near the end is Elijah Moore. As early as the Titans, but I also hear the Saints. A lot of the Saints, he could go in the slot. Um, he can play small outside while Michael Thomas goes in the slot. Um, but Elijah Moore to the Saints or the Titans, who would you prefer? I would say the Titans, just based based on who's playing quarterback for the team. I kind of want I want the Saints to get a good wide receiver. Like yeah, I, I think that that's, we all do. Yeah, I, that's and we that's hope James is playing Brown. quarterback. Yeah, but that's a good Diami Brown spot. I feel like to stretch the field, something like that in the second round. I know you don't like him, but that's like right, we, already talked about, we already talked about Najee Harris. Um, Etienne. Well, let me do Williams first because he's a little less fun. That's where I've seen the Dolphins in the second round and Javante Williams. A ton of that. I've also seen the Steelers and the Falcons. So for Javante Williams, Falcons, Steelers, Dolphins. I don't think 
he would go in the first round, which would be the Steelers, correct? Right. Well, yeah, no, he could yeah. go late second. I mean, that, he I mean, go I think he would. Second. I think yeah. he would go around the early second, and the Dolphins having the Texans pick there. I think he would go on the Dolphins. So you would like that, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. All right, your boy Etienne, running back one. He's the guy I see. Now, it's weird because I don't see a lot of these other guys going to these teams, but the Bills, the Jets, and the Cardinals, all everybody's linking them to Etienne or having him number one on their board, even above uh, Najee Harris. So who would you like? where would you like to see him the most? Would you like to see him just getting all the work in New York? Would you like to see him go to the better offense in Arizona? I don't think any of us want to see him go to the Bills, but Jets or Cardinals, where would you rather see Etienne? What would make him right. running back one Jets. for you? Jets. I don't think the Cardinals are going to draft a running back. They that's might draft a running back in like the that's, – that's fine. You, know, you believe you got, in Zach Wilson. You're... That's why. You believe in Zach no. Wilson. I believe in uh, new culture. Everyone contributes and, and to that. Post, Quarterback, post coach, Adam Gase. new culture. Yeah, just post-Adam post Gase, Adam new Gase culture. World. Yeah. Yep. All right. So that does it for pretty much the first-round guys from for the most part for what I've been hearing. But – Next week, on Thursday night, we're going to watch the draft together, and we're going to do an immediate reaction podcast to where all the first-round picks go, where we think range-wise we're going to have them in the overall rankings. So make sure you guys download the future episodes. We're going to have a lot of draft talk in the future. To finish off this week, why don't you give them the trade of the week, which comes from one of your leagues that was actually offered. You give them a little bit of background about what you've been trying to do all offseason and how this one just fell in your lap. So all off season, um, my team's pretty loaded at the skill position levels. Like as as far as I have uh, Devontae Adams, I have Christian McCaffrey. So like I have the wide receiver one, the RB one, um, and I traded for Russ Russell Wilson last season. Um, so the first half of the season, I had the RB one, the wide receiver one, QB one, and I was rolling. Didn't really matter who else I had um, based on my scoring format. Um, those those guys were pretty much outscoring everyone else. And then Chase um, and Edmonds then, was your next best guy. Yeah, Chase Edmonds was like my no. I had Kareem Hunt. I'm just kidding. Um, and then, you don't, so you don't when have Chubb, to give him your when, whole team. Yeah, when Chubb got hurt, it was it was looking good for my team. And then um, so this offseason, I had Philip Rivers was my QB two. I had nothing behind him. And then he retires, so I desperately needed a quarterback. Um, they don't really matter too much in my league. They usually score like an average quarterback scores 15 to 20 points. If you have like an elite guy, he's maybe scoring like 30 points. But so it's not too big of a disadvantage or advantage but i just wanted like a serviceable guy i'm not really one to pay up um for a top guy um so i was looking at like the the mid to lower range quarterback just someone serviceable that could fill fill philip rivers spot on my team um and so and everyone in my team everyone in my league wanted um oh yeah you can have baker mayfield for like three firsts or two firsts in a player and it's like no thank you i don't i don't value him that much so it led me to a few guys. I was kicking around uh, Goff, uh, Derek Carr, and Daniel Jones. The guy that had Coffin, or Goff and Carr was saw my team, saw my situation, and was going to charge me an arm and a leg. He didn't want to get a deal done. He just wanted to pretty much uh, take advantage of my situation and charge me more than I was willing to pay. So he was kind of off the table. And the guy that had Daniel Jones ghosted the league for like three months. Um, so I had a trade offer. We were talking and he was like, yeah, I'll take like a second and, and something else maybe. And so I sent him a few offers and then he ghosted. And so that offer has been sitting there forever. And then he, he just came back this week and he countered me, um, Daniel Jones and Damian Harris for just Kareem Hunt. So I was like, sure. Like Hunt, 
you know, Hunt and Damian Harris are close enough for me to just pick up an extra quarterback. That's awesome. So I smashed accept on that. And so that's the trade of the week. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's perfect for your situation to get what you need. Um, Okay, so we've given you what we think of the rookies without the landing spot. You can see how hypocritical we're going to be in just one week when we change all these rankings. We're going to give you some instant reaction from the draft, like I said. We're going to give you some future rookie rankings before you do your rookie drafts. We have our first rookie draft the Saturday of draft weekend, so we're going to have rookie rankings out immediately after the draft. Then we'll do kind of where the rookies fit in our overall dynasty rankings, where the rookies fit, and where everyone fits in our redraft rankings. We're going to do position rankings. We're going to do more mock drafts. So get ready for Fantasy Football Overload with us and every other fantasy football podcast you listen to because we are just another fantasy football podcast to supplement your listening. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this week, and we'll see you in just a few days after the first round of the NFL Draft.